So hi, one of the Good Nights podcast here with Landon from Sigil. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired you to start the project and what does the band name mean? So I joined the project, not last of the members now, but last, the last piece of the puzzle. You know, they had, they had already done like five or six demos with a group of musicians and uh, members had fallen out in between then. And then uh, the drummer who is in the band still, Ferran, he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to kind of test the waters. I hadn't made music with a band in like three years. I kind of had, you know, it's like PTSD. But mm-hmm. really like when you're in a band and you get wronged once, you're like, oh man, and then you do it again. Mm-hmm. And then you do it again, you know, cause we're yeah. all glutton for punishment. <laughs> so I, I was very hesitant and it took me like probably three, four months of like, just not wanting to do it and being like, yo, come on let's like do this so i went and i met with who is our bassist now keen uh keen and i had been in every single band i've ever been in keen's been my like creative partner so i went straight to him and was like yo i I gotta write a demo i got we gotta do this and that that one writing session we spent like two hours and we wrote death fruit which was our first single um and i went to the band we had like a a little meeting tryout kind of thing i guess you, you might call it a tryout um but they said that they liked it it worked out after that i just kind of like put my you know foot to the pavement and kept riding with them um it really just kind of fallen into place since then uh we had you know members falling out a uh, couple members lost uh, but right now we have jorge who's my guitarist uh he's been in the project since i joined Ron, he's the drummer. He's been in the project since I joined. And then Keen, I brought into the situation as soon as a member space freed up. I was like, yes. I'm a, oh my gosh, choking on the pot. Oh my God. See me vomit all over the mic? Absolutely oh not. Absolutely Horrible. not. I think, I think we would have to cancel. Yeah. The end of, yeah, that wouldn't be the first time. Um, what? Get on stage, you know, you're telling me you've never been to a rock show and seen the singer throw up. I have, I've, I've been, been to a lot of concerts shows. and I haven't seen a single person throw up on stage. I come to a sigil concert, come on. Oh my god, is it guaranteed though? No, ne- not guaranteed. Uh, well, the, la- the very last show we played before quarantine was uh Lost Rages with uh like Rob Zombie and Bring Me the Horizon. It was like, the biggest show sigils played to date. Wait, shit. wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Holy it, shit. And we got added two days before the festival because Frank Carter uh, had something. Had, I believe he got in a car accident or oh. something happened with his band. And he's a UK artist and something happened. He wasn't able to make it into the country to do the do the route or whatever. So we have been in line to play for the year. Like, you know, basically like, oh, it's going to happen. We're going to have a place for you. And then nothing panned out. And then th- literally two days before the show, we did. So I was a little out of shape, not going to lie, a little out of shape. And I, you know, downtown Fremont Street had a whiskey or two, had my vegan White Castle, which I'm not proud of. Um, oh. And and that, that does not make for a good uh, post-show feeling. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't on stage. No, I immediately got off stage and then was recorded by our roadie who then put that on the internet. So that's out there. Oh. It's there's out there. Yeah, there's definitely video of me uh, after the Bring Me the Horizon show just blowing chunks. Poppy oh. was right there, so I know for a fact she saw that I threw up all over, oh. and I just I just looked at her, 
and she's like doesn't even look like a real human when you see her in person. Yeah, no, yeah. she's freaky as hell. <laughs> no, she's just like a doll. You yeah, know? exactly. She really yeah, looks human. And her and her whole band, they're standing there. The band has all has masks on of Poppy's face. So I'm like, That's so cool. It was it was amazing. Very. Uh, but it it really got me, and I was just like, okay, man, so bad. Go right back. But the show was amazing. We did. It was hands down the best show that Sigils played today. Um, oh my god. And, and the biggest together and the biggest man overwhelming oh, you know yeah yeah like how you reacted that's how i reacted like wait bring me the horizon yeah, yeah like you yeah. shared a stage with ollie sykes holy fucking shit that's yeah, crazy was, there were two two stages uh the stage that we played on was like us poppy i believe dance gavin dance what? like a bunch, a bunch of bands like that and then oh you know just dance gavin dance just poppy you <laughs> know just the bands of all time in our genre yeah um but that was Awesome. And so, that was awesome. Just... so awesome you knocked your mic over oh, yeah exactly it's, this Wait, is, so... it, it's broken off the stand we're not very good at keeping things nice around here so it's okay it's okay. wait so you got a heads up that you were playing that show two days before i want to say like two to four days before one of our members was in texas on vacation so mm-hmm. we literally like contacted our producer got the guitar stems route you know like literally changed our whole set the way we do things yeah and yeah, two two to four days, I think. I, I just moved to Los Angeles not two weeks before that show. And I was like, Well, I'm coming home. We're coming I'm coming back. It's yeah. time to play. All right. Wow. Yeah. Great. Is and then of course that's the last show we play for the until then. It was a great way to end the touring cap, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. It's a pretty pretty way to go. Pretty except for the barfing in front of yeah. Poppy, but you know, yeah, at least she won't Poppy, forget yeah. you. I hope not. Maybe that's, she'll I bring guess you that's... on tour. You know exactly. what? That'd be yes. cool. I guess it's better to be remembered than than anything else, I guess. Yeah. But I like the way you think. I did not. I've, I've been very embarrassed of that situation. Since, no, no, no. So I'm very glad that now, you know, maybe she'll respect it. Exactly. Poppy's booking agent will reach out to you the next time mm-hmm. she goes on tour. Yeah. Let's, yep. let's put, put I want that, that I want that band that vomited after their uh-huh. show yeah. yeah yes he's a rock star he threw up smiled kept it moving mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right well um back to the questions yeah sorry um, oh yes yeah, oh no it's good name, right um yeah band name yeah sigil i so like i said i joined uh the last piece of the puzzle uh the band and ideas really had already been put into place by the founding members it was their intention to um essentially the the pitch I got for the band was this idea or presence of something that exists through time. And it's something that people can identify before they even hear it. And so I'm like really big in branding and like graphic design doing all those things. So I've always wanted to, that's always the goal is to put something out there that people can identify. And that's what I, it kind of like intrigued me. I was like, all right, cool. Let's make a logo for this. Let's do this. I wanted to feel like, like this is as big as it can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told them from the jump, I didn't want to be in a band again to just dilly dally, as they say, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't want to just do it just to do it. I wanted to like do it to the largest of my abilities. The members that were in the band were in bands like Winds of Plague. And we had, and it was like, 
just all these things set up in, in order for us to succeed. And so I just was like, yes, let's do this as hard as we can. Sigil, it's something that people, it, it's this like omnipresent idea. Sigils have existed in culture like since the test of time. You know, we've been drawing little symbols to identify something since the cross, since the, you know, everything in it. In it. It's for whatever reason does have like a very dark uh, context, you know, I guess like, and we definitely haven't done our fair share to deviate from that. It's something that we enjoy, especially with our genre, you know, and I really think that like the dark imagery, things like that, it's an easy story to tell as well as it, it's, it's true to our brand, you know, it's like, it's really dark. It's, uh, and our music has kind of followed that where I feel like a lot of the times you make music and you make it to make it where we kind of had an idea of what we wanted to be, the vibe that we wanted to set. And I, I molded my vocals around it. The, the idea of what we wrote about around those things, you know, just kind of put the uh, this ominous idea, you know, and something that never really wanted to be explained. I guess that was like the initial members ideas was like, they really wanted to be like, ominous and not explain what any of it meant and just be like really visually directed so that's through our first like three music videos you'll see we tried really hard to just like tell a story visually without actually explaining the context of our sigils the band sigil the witches any of the things that we put into our universe and it was kind of so the fans could make their own thing you know like it feels good to be like Oh, it's, it's like the Marvel thing. You know, we all watch it and we're like wondering what the, what's going to go on and we can make a million ideas of what it is, but we're willing to come back to be surprised or to be like, ah, I knew it. I knew it. That's what that meant. Yeah. So I think that's what the initial idea was for Sigil. Now we're just, uh, you know, we're really pushing this like rock and roll. We love it. We love that it's identifiable. I love that. Some people don't know how to say the name. That was one of the, I was furious when we played that show with the poppy and everybody right before we played they had some or no that wasn't that show it was i matter festival in new york it was the show we played right before that it was our other last show um and the guy they had this whole dj come out and do this whole spiel about who we were as a band mm-hmm. he was like hyping us up and he said mm-hmm. the name of and i was like you motherfucker like this is it's <laughs> and i like spelled it i was like s-i-g-i-l look that yeah. shit up don't ever forget it you know and i was like that's good because it forces me to have that conversation and it forced me to be a little loud kind of mm-hmm. set the tone for the for the show mm-hmm. you know it's like then we just kept it moving yeah how did um he say it if you can remember Seigel. Seigel. okay Seigel. At least i wasn't that close yeah yeah, yeah was, i fu- i fucked it up before this call started where i was like dude what the fuck is wrong what are you with saying you? that's yeah. not how you say it i was like okay listen so then i went to google translate and that fucked it up too and where was like and hey, i was like Sigle. that's not it's no i said it's fuck. <laughs> i said <sighs> I, I thought i thought siri would have my back there's once or twice that i um for the first like when we debuted the band in the band mm-hmm. i made sure to go to like uh the dictionary.com pull up the technical like definition of sigil and then the pronunciation like how to pronounce it that mm-hmm. was the first like hard post on the band page was like we are sigil like spell it right mm-hmm. sound it right and it's cool people still like my mom messes it up even though she knows like she knows but yeah. she still will do it too and my grandparents everybody does it so i like that it's kind of easier than being like something that you know immediately 
you know mm-hmm. i prefer those band fun. names though you know honestly i prefer the <laughs> oh, ones that i read it and i'm like i know how to say that oh bring me the horizon exactly yeah. fair enough all right like no when i when we inter- when we interview ollie i'll be able to just say their band name without i'll be freaking out about the fact that he's coming on the podcast exactly. not that i'm gonna yeah. fuck up his band name Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was and freaking then, out. I'm gonna fuck up your band name. Mumbling over every other word. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. solid. <laughs> <laughs> so, congrats on your newest release, uh, Worm Tongue. How do you felt the response to it so far? Honestly, Worm Tongue's been uh, really cool because it's been really natural. It's one of our heavier songs, I would mm-hmm. say too. It's definitely like not the the traditional ominous like dark down tempos music that i feel like we've released in the past where um this has a lot of energy you kind of get it from the jump um a lot of the people from the the scene that we came from like in las vegas the post-hardcore scene was like phenomenal the metalcore scene like early to from the mid 2000s to like 2013 like we had great shows all the time best venues bands coming in and out that were just like rising up and becoming like these bigger bands and it just like the scene was great and then nobody did anything for a while my last band imperial tide we used to do we were like in that scene we played with sworn in we played with like being as an ocean like those type of bands you know Mm -hmm. and i felt that when that that band left that there was like this void in the scene like, I didn't feel like there was a community, all the event, like we only have two venues now that are really open to all eight mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Um, even the one of them, the one that was in uh, Hard Rock Casino is no longer existent. The, what was it called? The Vinyl. The Vinyl was our like big venue that we, that's where we played with Devil Wears Prada. That's where we played with the Mice and Men. Where we played Jesus. with the Casey Strain. Jesus. And we play, and that's what Sigil, let me, you know what I'm saying? Sigil's been, we've been putting in work for like, three years playing any big show that came through yeah we pitched ourselves Holy to and we're shit. like mm-hmm. we we want it and no other band was competing with us and that was yeah. kind of like there was a couple that were like around doing the same thing and we might share the the like local slot with them or something but for the most part we just were good at selling tickets like bands have to be when you're starting you know mm-hmm. and we got really good at just pitching ourselves to these shows they knew that we were going to sell the tickets that they asked us they knew that when we showed up we wouldn't be problematic so we got on you know like pretty much every show for a while it was like the attila show the rage fest show when they had the uh the riot where you got did you guys ever hear about that there was like a riot at the attila show and like the security guards started fighting each like attila i mean that sounds about right yeah yeah (laughs) he played that show and i was like yo this we're in yeah we got riots popping off at our shows. Like they, they're telling us we might That's not be able to play here again. Like oh we're God. doing it right. That's yeah. a dream. That's a dream. That's how you know you've made it when you start yeah. getting banned from venues. Exactly. Yeah. Wait. So I feel like I have to ask because you're naming like the big bands that the bands I... that I get told to fuck off when I s- submit interview requests. <laughs> so like, <laughs> wait, what the, dude, I don't, I never understand it because guess what they're doing right now. Nothing. Sitting at home, absolutely jack shit. Exactly. Like, they're, all like, music. they're all doing nothing. They're, they're all like, we're doing limited press. Yeah, but Rock Sound can only interview you so many fucking times. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to ask, what have been like your favorite shows from like the big people? Have you been like mistreated at any of them because you're a smaller band? Or have you been treated like very well there? That's a great question. Um, I would say with Sigil, it's been nothing but respect. 
And Good. because we've been, uh, the, the members that have been in the band this whole time, um, the, the previous bassist, Shane and Chase, who was our old guitarist, like both of them were very professional, very well-spoken, very intertwined in the scene, um, as much as like being personable in the space. Same with, that's one thing that I always take pride in is like not being the timid one who's like scared to say hello to the guy, to, you know, or I'll make friends with the merch dude or whoever, you know, it's like realizing that the singer isn't the dude who you want to go talk to. Like, I want to go talk to the dudes who are like loading in the gear and doing mm-hmm. all the back end stuff because that's like the heart and soul of our, our industry is like the roadies, you know, the bands just get to take all of the credit. And that like between Shane, Chase, myself, Ferran, who's still in the band, Ferran is like, you can't get the guy to shut up. You know, what I'm saying? like he is, he's the most, he's like so personable. He'll be, he'll be your best friend all night. Make sure you're taken care of. Oh, you want some whiskey? We got you, you know, like we, and that's, I don't know if that's like the Las Vegas in us, like being like concierge, we're here to have a good time. Like whatever we're, we're supplying the vibes, you know? So we've had nothing but good love. My favorite show though, hands down outside of the festival shows, um, would probably be Devil Wears Prada. It As was, it should be. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was Roots Above, 10-year anniversary, I think was that, that that show. And, I mean, that's my life, you know? Like, yeah. Prada, Prada is, like, I feel, if it wasn't for Devil Wears Prada, A Day to Remember, Oceana, um, like, those bands are, like, why I made music. Skites, Airplanes, like, those were the first bands I ever saw. And I was like, oh, I love this genre. Um, and same with actually Ferran, who's in my, my band. Um, he was in a band called Eyes Like Diamonds. I don't know if you guys would know who Eyes Like Diamonds is. They were signed as Freddy Hero, um, like back in the early 2000s. And I watched, I was in a skate competition in Las Vegas and I missed my final run to watch Eyes Like Diamonds because I was just like captivated. And I, I swear from that moment on, I chose, I chose music. I chose doing this screaming and like being in post-hardcore bands because it just overtook me you know Mm -hmm. I was like oh wow I forgot that I had a a run to go skate I forgot about everything so I just fell in love with that and I think that Prada is uh, the best band maybe of all time in our genre and they still make good records like what was it outside of the Space EP I think they just dropped something else too but like anytime I hear Prada I'm just hyped it doesn't matter if it's old if it's new the html rules dude it can be like anything off the zombies ep best show ever i recorded every single song i, I was like straight fanboying like in the front row like with my phone filming like trying to take notes almost like how do you guys how are you guys so good still You're such a fantastic yeah. band yeah dude Wait, did you get to like sit down with them and like tell them that they're the reason why you're doing this nah i think i mean i definitely have a problem with like not giving people their roses, but mm-hmm. I definitely am. I want to, I try to treat people just like they're just Joe Schmo, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, then I, then I always feel like I'm like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like I, I not that I don't want to give them their roses and be like, yo, I love you. Thank you for everything you do. But as much as like, it really makes me feel good when I can just have a conversation with somebody and be like, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. just, just treating me like a normal dude. Mm-hmm. And, and then you walk away from the conversation. You're like, that was so cool. I'd I'd like that so much better where if I can barely hold it together and I can keep the conversation going it's almost like 
I did it. I did it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't get to, I, didn't, I haven't really been in, yeah, I haven't told any of those people. I don't really have like people in my, in our peer group like that. Um, uh, we, so our old uh, guitarist Chase, his uncle is Gingerfish and Rob Zombie and used to be the Marilyn Manson drummer. Oh, sure. And wow. he was like, he brought us on the, out to one of the dates of the uh, Son, Sons of Evil or whatever. It was the Zombie Manson tour. Mm. And like, we were, we were in the backstage and I was like, oh man, if I get to meet Zombie, like I can't keep it together. I'm going to yeah. tell him that I like, do I watch horror movies because of you, you know? Mm. And like, I, the, luckily, not luckily, because I didn't, but we didn't get to meet them. I saw Sherry Moon walk by and I was just, but that was about it and then we kept, i kept it together so no, no real like big moments like that you know okay. i'm sure it'll come around though you know yeah so. i get that mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm the same way i mean like i'm i'm interviewing people you're like go backstage playing before them but like when we interview someone i look up to i'm doing everything in my power to not make it awkward by telling them how much i love them yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny thing though, like that's cool. I I don't know because I see those interviews all the time with people. Like, like I love to watch Nardwar interviews. I don't know if you. Oh guys. my god! Yes, I watch all of his interviews. I, yes. love I watch like old like '90s interviews when he was like doing sub pop bands and like mm-hmm. he was performing his own music and like that's how he did it. He was like just got backstage and he was not afraid to be like, "Yo, dude, this is so cool!" You got like and like break down the wall. Like it's okay to be like. Yo, you're cool. Like things mm-hmm. are good as long as you're like educated, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. you're gonna be like, like, oh, I love that album. And he's like, I wasn't even in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a little, uh, a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shay, sorry, I forgot that this is my question. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this song? Uh, for this song, uh, yep. very much just like free flowing. Um. Keen and I have been writing together for so long that we'll uh, he'll play something and I'll either skip it and we'll move on to the next one or something will come up like immediately. And that's okay. what happened. He played the first like 15 seconds and I mumbled the beginning of the song uh, and yelled it into the breakdown. I was like, oh, this is tight. Let's record this. And on the same sure, you know, then we're just like, let's do it. We record the mic. We went there. We did a demo. I freestyle as much of the song as I can. Wow. And I basically like without just kind of like free conscious thought, no lyrics, no ideas, um, and just kind of run with it. And then we'll listen to it and I'll be like, dang, I really like this one part or man, that's none of that is going to work. And that's kind of how this worked. We wrote the, the hook, the verse and the breakdowns, the end and for, at the end and the uh, beginning breakdown. Um, and then just went right back into it. Keen wrote all the instrumental. Um, this is a song that Keen sat on. It's it's hard when you have people who are so talented that they have so much stuff that they don't share it with you. And then when you finally get it, you're like, dude, we what the hell? Like, why why didn't we see this earlier? Right. I've been we've been making music together for ten years, and you tell me you've had this before. What what the hell? You know. So like this song is written 2018, 2017, and then wow. I got the lyric. I started recording and did the the free forming like freestyle lyrics 2019 very end of 2019 and then not beginning of 2019 because we went into the studio with uh josh bearden from distinguisher um and we finished we we do all of our recording with him in las vegas um 
and, and we just, you know, ran through it. And that was one of the easier songs, which a lot of the times I will push off finishing songs until the very end. And we'll be like in the studio and they're like, dude, we don't have a final verse. Oh. All right, let's freestyle. I'm, I'll finish it now. Let's go. You know, I like the pressure. So mm-hmm. I really, th- I really think that uh, I just enjoy freestyling on, on these songs. Even back to like my first band, we would play a show. I would have our, one of our girlfriends or brothers, merch dude, whoever it was, film the set after this show we go home, I'd watch the set and be like, oh, dude, I like those lyrics. Like, that was tight. Wow, yeah. Nobody was there. There was no, I mean, there's like, you know, like 30 to 50 people there, but nobody's that's like really going to hurt my process or like whatever. So that's how I started writing music. And now, you know, I just kind of do the same thing, same thing, just off the top and then go through and change the, I like the cadence. Okay, let's change. I'll write the lyrics. Oh, I don't like the cadence, but I like the lyrics. Switch that. And that's kind of how all of our music comes. Um, sometimes Keen will have a whole song written and then I'll be like, what, what, why am I in this band? <laughs> you don't need me. <laughs> I don't need you. Why do you do this? But uh, then we'll, then we'll just go back and forth. I'll record some parts or we'll change things. And it's really, really collaborative between us. And now, it, now the fact that we're a four piece, the writing process has changed. And because of COVID, we all are, I'm here in Los Angeles by myself and the rest of the band is in Las Vegas, but every one of them is like in their own careers, doing their own things. So we each like write music on our own, send it to the next person. They add what they have, send it to the next. Okay, perfect. Now we're to the point where everybody has to get together and let's jam these songs. All right. We have to wait till we have four or five songs like that. And then I'll, you know, I I'll come out there. We'll quarantine. I'll come out for two weeks. We'll record We'll do whatever we need to do. And that's kind of what we've been doing through 2020 was just uh, demos, demos, demos. And now we have we have what, four or five songs written, recorded, mixed, mastered, and then probably like another six that are ready to go to final stages of like me recording and then mix and master. Okay. So a lot of music. And then I, one of my things has been like, just forcing music this year because 2020 took away all that. So I wanted to be able to be like in my own space. So my best friend here has a studio in, in LA. So I'm like, dude, let's, let's go. I've been buying like breakdowns off of artists and different people that I love, Ooh. like different writers. Yeah. And I've just been like, it's like a, like a learning exercise, you know, it's like a forced to thing. Like it might not be for sigil. It might not be for anything, but it's more like, okay, cool. Like I need to write more. We need to be able to do, we need to drop more music. Like people need music, you know, like this, mm-hmm. we're bored. I want to go see a concert. Well, if I can't go see a concert, like what's the next best thing is like a lot of new music. And that's what I'm trying. That's what I want to do as a, to supply for the year. It's just like a song a month. If I could, you know, I get mm-hmm. told by management not to do that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see who wins that battle because we got a lot of music and I got, the password to the distro kid so exactly (laughs) who gets there first um so we're actually going to bring this up later in the interview but since you brought it up now i'm just gonna ask about it you guys have been dropping like one song a year since like what 2017 firstly why and then 
as you mentioned, you have like a lot of songs that are in late stages. So are you dropping them later this year as well and breaking that cycle? Or are you just going to spread them out for the next couple of years? Be 2040 by the time you get all this music. Oh my God. <laughs> I would cry. Uh, I would be so bummed. No, basically, like I told you how I joined the band, there was uh, initial demos uh, with the band. Mm-hmm. And I came in and we basically washed like three out of the six demos because I just didn't like them and I didn't want to write to them. Yeah. And that wasn't, you know, wasn't the, they didn't really like to hear that. So the other three songs, which ended up being Death Proof, Waste, and Six, we had, and we had this clear idea of visually how we wanted to tell the story of Sigil. And after you spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a music video and on production and on the record and then on PR and all everything that goes into getting your, your stuff heard for a drop, we're like, okay, Death Proof did really well. I don't want to. I don't want to fall short. You know, and that was yeah. what I was really worried about doing was not hitting the mark again. So I wouldn't say it was like an anxiety to drop music, but we dropped. So the reason why it looks like it was one a year mm-hmm. because in 2017 we dropped that in December of 2017. So that was like okay. the first thing that the band did. It was like I joined the band summer of 2017. We recorded had the demos the first three songs done by the end of 2017 okay. uh dropped death proof really really well received i uh, got tons of anxiety about not being able to follow it up and so we kind of like didn't and we didn't have the money to follow up because we're independent you know we all have we're all paying bills we're all doing our own things yeah. so like we can't spend five thousand dollars on a video and publicity and do that stuff like immediately afterwards so it was kind of like Let's save our money. We recorded the videos ourselves this time, which all of us, everybody in the band is like capable of doing something creatively. Jorge is a phenomenal content creator, Keen as well. Um, Wormtongue and Misery's music videos were both done by Keen and Six and Waste were both done by Jorge. So they they both done all of our content up to this point. Our first video was done by Chaz Dre, who is one of my favorite directors and one of the best people to work with. He's currently doing a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles short film. Oh. That's got it's Casey Jones film, crazy. And we we may or may not have music on the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, you know, we just pushed it off, tried to write music, and um, we just kind of waited until the everything worked out. Okay, the video's good, all the content's right, the rollout's good let's drop it now. We don't really, we didn't really feel the need to like overwhelm people with music at the time because death proof did really well. So it was like, okay, let's let that ride. And the standard thing back in the day, you know, with bands is like every year, two years, you drop a record, an EP, you know, it wasn't what it is now with like a band, uh, at least because of 2020 bands are starting to do it. But prior to that, it was a, a couple songs a year. If that maybe a record. Yeah. So now we're going to catch up for make up for lost time. I want to drop a lot more music. We have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of like uh, right now, like remixes that we've had, like a bunch of DJs and things that really liked our stuff. It recently contacted us and did like, we have two misery remixes. We have a worm tongue remix that's coming out. We have a guest feature on some things that's coming out. And it's like, you know, you can make things live a life without dropping more. Yeah. You know, you can like, hit different markets or talk or you know just different things that go along with that um but i i i I want to drop music all the time i love that feeling like when people are like yo i 
the new music is sick or if they don't like it mm-hmm. then like okay well i got one for you next week exactly i have another um, one like yeah, this another one. one yeah exactly and another one and another one another one that's gonna be, exactly i'm trying to snowball it i'm trying to trying to be the russ of metal music that probably wouldn't come out right but like that dude really does drop so much music he was mm-hmm. i watched an interview and he talked about how he dropped a song a week so by the third month he was making a million dollars a month off of the stream jesus Christ. everything snowballed yeah the person didn't like the first song but they might have liked the third one and then there was five songs that followed so they still listened to them even if they didn't like them you know, and it was like that one listener now carries over across 12 songs instead of that one listener who you would have lost because you didn't drop something for six months. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the method that I think I'm, I'm pushing for this for the next year. We have a, a brand new song coming very soon, but that's mm-hmm. like still got a little bit of life. We Warm Tongue's got some life in it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry I talk so much. I No, I, no, it's great. It's like. I, whenever we I do interviews or anything, I realize like sometimes I I just tank off the topic and then I look at Listen. everybody and like how do I come back from this? No, Listen. no, it's <laughs> I'm I'm really enjoying. As this. much as I'm struggling to like come up with a segue into the next question, you've got a lot of cool stories and you keep on managing to break glory, and I'm living for that. It's so. it's so interesting, like how you're doing so much with your platform because you said that like if you're getting back into music, you're actually going to go all the way. And you are. And it's so crazy to see like that much determination and reach. Thank even you. just like I don't know. You're you're doing great. You're Thank doing you. so good. You know, we just all gotta do what we can. And I feel yeah. like I I can do a lot. And I, so when I don't do enough, I feel like I let people around me down. Mm-hmm. And I care about everybody in my band. I care about people in my side project. I care about the people who I involve myself with. I can't, you know, and so I want to make sure that like, if I'm a part of the project, that whatever I'm doing, I'm going to over deliver. And if I fall short, I'll take the blame, you know, or like if the things don't come up right, it's I'll figure out what I can do better to do. So, so like, I think one thing I noticed Sigil could do better is release more music. And that's why I want to make sure through the year we've got, if we have 12 records done, mixed and mastered, then there's no reason why I need to wait a year to drop the record. You know, exactly. yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. All right. You know. Uh, so where was your headspace at while you were writing this song? <laughs> well, I mean, I was pissed because I was just like going through records and nothing. I didn't like anything that was going on. I couldn't. We had gone. We had been there for probably like a couple hours and for trying to force like some writing process. And sometimes I. I definitely have like this other side where I get really down and negative and I have a hard time like coming out of that pocket where like as soon as I hit this moment where like I'm like like the cloud the shrouded darkness of hate falls over my eyes I like can't snap out of it Mm -hmm. and that was really where I was and then it was like I was feeling this way yet having a breakthrough and I was like why am I still pissed Mm-hmm. and like angry and feeling like this sense of dread or like this feeling that I'm feeling but I'm like doing what I want what I love to do I'm here making music I'm doing yeah. I'm with my best friend I'm I'm breaking walls down because we wrote worm tongue you know we're writing worm tongue but it was more like okay I need to reflect on this like in the first lyrics I came up with all I've known is all I've ever felt and that's this rage it was like wow okay I guess I've felt this for a while I need to address it 
And the best way that I find to address my problems is to write about it, whether, whether it goes into a notebook or it goes into a song and I can be creative with it and it becomes like a form of therapy. Or if it's just like, write it down, damn, that, that is not going to work for a song. You know, it sits in my notes and I I reflect on it maybe at another time or something, but um, yeah, I was just pissed. I was not happy. So that's that's kind of why the it took that tone you know yeah and i'm trying i'm working really hard on not that i'm not doing that all the time but okay. it worked out in that headspace i created a, a song that i like which is one of my favorites to date and i don't know why it is maybe because it was like a breakthrough for me mm-hmm. to where it was like afterwards i was able to be like damn we still wrote that i'm chill okay i'm not exactly. i'm not that mad mm-hmm. you, you know? did that exactly exactly so yeah. while um listening to the single, what band artist influences pop out the most to you? If any, they don't have to be any. I don't know. Um, that's tough. I don't know because I, I always get this question, like, who do we sound like? What's our points of reference? And it's not that I don't have one because like, I'm, I feel like I'm accumulation of everything that I ever listened to, you know, like, which mm-hmm. is really cheesy, but like, um, I'm really inspired by like my favorite, the first band I ever fell in love with was Limp Bizkit. You know what I'm saying? Like my brother used to play baseball and he would walk out when he would play baseball to break stuff. Banger. Like, you walk out from the, yeah, walk out from the pitching, you know, from mm-hmm. the, from the bullpen to the mound closer, mm-hmm. you know, I'm about to break. I was like, I love this. Yeah. And then showed me like, um my sister listened to blink 182 and then pretty much after that i pretty much only listened to rap music until i was i was into skateboarding and then through skateboarding like the people you hang out with like you go to the skate park and you got baggy pants on mm-hmm. is you know like at that point in 2006 people were like what are you doing you know so i got put on like metallica mm-hmm. and slipknot and mudvayne and the band head p you remember those i mean um who yeah we have a, a little remix with that with one of the members of head p coming out soon so that's oh, okay really wow. cool like full circle moment i used yeah, to that's a full circle moment I, you know and that, that's one of those things that, you know when you're talking about that earlier like i i haven't told the dude that i like really listened to the band when i was in sixth grade you know but like yeah that's something that really influenced me it was like just the punk rock rap crossover mm-hmm. you know like really really stuck with me um but when it comes to like sigil, uh, the initial vibe when I was brought into the band, they were like, imagine that we are constantly writing the soundtrack for Queen of the Dam, you know? Okay. Oh. And that was like the first idea that they, the, the way that they, when they gave me the initial pitch was that it's like, you know, like that. So I went and I immediately listened to like Jonathan Davis, who wrote Bang. all the music for all of the Queen of the Dam. He was like the executive producer on that. And then I went to uh, listen to like Chester a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. Chester is probably like my biggest vocal influence outside of like just just in the sense of what I what I can see being done with metal music. Um, you know, it's like we're not just stuck in this like raw phase. You know, like there's there's a really good way for us to be. Uh, like to drive melody and do mm. things that you know not a lot of people can do and uh, I just like fell in love with that same with the Jonathan Davis so I feel like maybe those two 
might be something mm-hmm. that I like. Re- I, I'll, I'll, I always think about them when I'm writing music. Um, and it's subconscious as well as like, they're the biggest dudes in our genre to maybe like ever do it. So it, it always kind of sits in my my wheelhouse to be like, oh, I just I gotta be more like Chester. I gotta be more like, you know, I wanna be, I wanna be that good. I wanna make people remember the lyrics the way I think of Lincoln Park, you know, yeah. or like, you know, or like make somebody like Jay Z who could listen to Lincoln Park, who has clearly no interest in metal music, but can make himself, you know, he's like, oh, I can see, I can see how this works, and I feel yeah. like that's where what I want Sigil to be. Um, some of the, even like the influences, I would say be like Billie Eilish, you know, like the way that like the tempo and the way that they, she switches in between her, her uh, delivery, you know, and like mm-hmm. the production on it. Um, that's something like on the second verse of Warm Tongue, um, I felt like the way Keen like works his, vo- his vocals and he like detunes it and then layers it and then sings on it over the top of like this detuned version of it. It had me feeling like that. Yeah. Um, and I would say that was probably the closest. Uh, but in our genre, I don't know. Not that I don't listen to, like, I, I don't want to say I don't listen to our genre because, like, Code Orange is my favorite band right now. And, like, Vane is sick. Um, but I just don't try to listen to bands and then go make cigarettes. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because, like, then there's our, those, they're already here. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need to go listen to Kane Hill and be like, I want to be the next Kane Hill. Like, they're dope. But uh, if I do that, then I'm only taking away from whatever Sigil's gonna make. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's fair. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this new single for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Ooh. <sighs> three words? Man, you couldn't hit me with this one be- beforehand, so I was prepared. Don't look like I was. Uh, nope. It's off the um, top of your head. Ridiculous. Um, three words to just this one. Si- this one single. This one mm-hmm. single, yeah. Um, aggressively. Wait, damn. Is it gotta be a run-on sentence? Compound? Like, come on. It's, gotta- it's <laughs> just. It could be three <laughs> random words, or it could be a sentence. It could be All whatever right. you want. Okay. We're gonna do like three different words. Okay. otherwise i'm gonna mess up my sentence so aggressive okay you got one yep that, that, boom there it is um aggressive ominous because that's like always the term i always try to use that when describing sigils music because it's easy yeah. um aggressive ominous and reminiscent 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 you know like there's something about this that feels nostalgic like i've been told this a couple times that like when they hear it it feels like music that they've heard without being music that they've heard you know like it it feels like they can identify it but they're not like oh this sounds like this band or it's like and i don't know if it's the you know the in the production like if it's my guy's choice in tone and the drum choices you know like i don't know if that's what it is if it's the mix, you know, it could, it could be the magic of all of it. But mm-hmm. I've heard those those things, I, I would say, um, yeah, like nostalgic, maybe not reminiscent, but like, yeah, okay. aggressive, okay. nostalgic, ominous. All right. Okay. Ominous like and nostalgic, this. I don't know how those two things work together, but they, uh, that's Sigil. 
yeah it works yeah i i get it i get it (laughs) um so kind of in the same vein for the last question is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this song to invoke in your listeners you did say you were full of rage when writing it so do you want it to reflect onto your listeners or i mean i never want to like make people feel like like angry i guess you know because that doesn't like stem but break stuff for example like as soon as i hear that i'm ready to like literally i'm yes let's go mm-hmm. this gets me hype you know yeah. so i love if something that i carried in as like therapeutic aggression would could make somebody like excited and maybe motivated that would mm-hmm. be ideal like that would if they heard worm tongue and were like yo i'm gonna go make a record right now this is you know or or, oh, I'm going to go run to this or whatever it might be, you know, like if it could give somebody like a little bit of a pep in their step, then that's what I would like to do. Um, I feel like that maybe that's going to be a more of a something that I think of when I'm creating music in the future, because that's something I don't think um, when I'm making music, I don't think of what the initial like what I want them to receive from it. I just think about like, I want to make something for myself. And if they appreciate it, then great. If they don't, then whatever. We'll write more music. But yeah. that's something I'm going to be conscious of. I'm glad you guys brought that up because that's something I don't think about. So I would okay. do that. <laughs> All right. Um, so where do you see the band in the next five years? Oh, man. Sigil's moving really fast right now. Uh, behind yeah. us, we do a, like, you know, for three years, we played with as many with as many big bands as most bands get to play in a 10-year span you know so like mm-hmm. the show aspect obviously i'd love within five years to be back on the road doing that like the standard process of what we've been doing i don't want to go back to like a really like a full touring route like i feel like bands have been stuck on this wheel forever to like make money like you know go on tour go on tour and then like we get this conversation from management labels anybody who's talked to us is like we need more road hours we want to see that you guys are like willing to get back get on the road and like do that so we have so we played a tour we got a second tour book that got canceled because of covid now i'm thinking they don't want that that's they were just using that as an excuse to like oh that's that's the moment that then we'll finally look at you you know Mm -hmm. where now you see like 72 major labels gave out million dollar record record deals to tiktok influencers 72 million dollar records record record contracts for tiktok people so you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. they don't care about touring they yeah. want they want immediate interaction yeah they want, they want consistent fans that are willing to do that where you could look at somebody like ghost main for example who's like mm-hmm. a subgenre of what we do you know i'd still say he's metal he's still like huge independent I mean, he might have a deal now. I don't know if he has a deal now. Um, I haven't paid any attention, but I know he did all that by himself. And that was through genuine fan interaction, road hours, doing that. So for, for Sigil, I'd love for the next five years to just be spent like cultivating to our audience and to our, like, we've always called them the Legion, you know, like a Legion of people that really just like ride for us. Um, join the Legion. That's always been like our moniker. It's something that I've always, we put on everything. And that's what it was at, like, just, really wanting to put together a group of people that believe in what we do and want to continue to consume it, you know, like as a, we're not just a band, you know, at the end of the day, all of us are brands. We're all trying to like make our space and like for you guys to want to listen to Sigil, not just do you have to like the music, you might have to like me, you might have to like some of the band members, you know, it's like, it's not just a one-stop shop anymore where it was like, 
oh, I love that song on the radio and it's perfect and I'm going to love them. You know, like that doesn't work. We don't separate the artist from the art, you know, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, so especially at these days, I think the it's just going to be about like catering to the fans. So I think for me, five years, I'd love to just really break down like what our fans want and yeah. grow with what they want. And then how can we reach more people while still keeping true to the people that enjoy what we do? Okay. Five okay. Years, more records, more uh, just, you know, I want to interact. I want to f- figure it out. We've been figuring out how to do like outside of just the live streams, you know, cause obviously we're all in that, but like, what good is a live stream if you're catering to 70 people or 50, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. how do we get seen on a new scale? Is, is it going to be digital festivals? Because mm-hmm. that was our whole plan for 2020 and 2021 was a festival circuit. And now yeah. we don't have, now we're where there is no festivals. There is none of that. So how do I, how do I get seen by new people? Do I have to go pay thousands of dollars to Facebook to, to break their algorithm down so I can like have a solid marketing plan like that sucks you know but I would have like the band might have lost more than that doing touring Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be because as anybody knows like unless you're breaking mics unless you're (laughs) unless you're in the top couple percentile you know you're not breaking bread on tour you know we were blessed to go and play a full east coast tour but we're from the west coast we couldn't drive across we didn't have a van so we flew out we rented a van we rented equipment as well as shared equipment and then did this tour staying in like we luckily the misery video we actually uh, shot in an airbnb of an abandoned church that we rented for a tour we yeah. like found an airbnb in the middle of the touring route and stayed there and then just drove like 60 miles and would come back and then drive back drive 120 miles up new york and then come back Oh. And that's how we made wow. without like spending a ton of money while still being kind of comfortable because we're all we're all in our late twenties, you know. What I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to go sleep in the van anymore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we did that a couple nights, and afterwards, I was like, I love you guys, but if I have to sleep next to you like this, it's not literally yeah. on top of you one more time. I'm going exactly. to kill you. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone smells like Cheetos or Chipotle. And I'm on yeah. the floor by fucking two o'clock in the morning and exactly and i was taking the floor because i'm frail i'm the i'm the skinny one in the group so like i fit on the floor give me the oh. floor, you know what i'm saying yeah so yeah that, now we're uh i forgot what your question was but yeah <laughs> it was five-year plan you got there though yeah you, you answered you did it, it. Yeah, yeah. You, there. you know what i'm saying he answered so, yeah. it first and then it just kind of went to and Whatever. I'm not even smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? I texted the band. I was like, yo, so would it be bad if I was smoking on this podcast? And they were like, nah, go for it. And then the guy's like, nah, don't do it. You you already have a problem with rambling. Like, yeah. You, yeah you got, it's you always like hit or miss interviewing yeah. the people that are under some sort of influence. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Next interview we get, we'll do a comparison. And we'll okay. I mentally prepare myself for that one. I'm yeah. very excited. <laughs> yeah, we'll have you guys come out to Los Angeles and we'll we'll do it like that. Okay. Okay. We'll get you guys in a legal state so that way it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually gonna switch away from music, if that's okay with you. Yeah, please. That's easier. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so we're gonna go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Boom. So as a vegan, 
Okay. I, I would pick. Oh man, that's that's. Uh, all right. So I had this v- these vegan wings in Philadelphia while we were on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, those I I still have the bar pinned in my map for the day that I come back to Philadelphia. Keen went to Philadelphia just to eat these chicken wings. Like he made a vacation oh in Philadelphia and ate there like three times on the vacation. So um, this bar in Philly, super, super random. That, those chicken wings would definitely be on the plate. Um, and then I'd probably as a drink, shoot, straight up Coca-Cola. That would be the one. Like a, just ice cold glass Coke. Because, I, you know, I'm indulging. I'm going to die. Exactly. Exactly. I would say meat, but like then I would be feeling so terrible as I'm dying, and it would be like, "Damn, you died, and you just ate something that died." Like this is what you get. Yeah. Karma for you. So you said those are vegan chicken wings. Vegan chicken wings. Yeah, they're they're actually called. I don't know if it's called Satan. Satan. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, Satan. I always like to say Satan, like when I'm ordering it. <laughs> makes what, my mom second guess what I'm asking for when mm-hmm. what was the name of the place because my girlfriend lives out like 30 minutes out of Philly so I'm and, out there all the time alright I'm going to get it for you I'm going to text the band right now and ask what it was alright well while we wait for that uh, yeah, if yeah. you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live great great question great question uh, fictional world for a mm-hmm. week obviously I want it to be like exciting um, I would say like the Shire. Ooh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, like so peaceful out in the thing with just hobbits. Like, I'll be the biggest dude out there, so I wouldn't have like this weird complex about like Gandalf or any of these other people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be out with the orgs. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'd, I'd be fine there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe somewhere like like Wakanda would be sick. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somewhere where like technology and life and everything like lives super cohesively. Mm-hmm. Those two, those two would probably be my fictional space. I should say something Star Wars related because that's like my life. But I feel like everywhere in Star Wars is harsh environments, and I don't. I'm not gonna live on Tatooine. Like I lived there in Las Vegas for 25 years. That's Tatooine. So um yeah, I would say the Shire or Wakanda. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great choices. Thank you. So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? So I'm colorblind. Okay. Fun, fun fact. So my my hue of colors is terrible. Oh. But I've always loved either like yellow. This mm-hmm. is People always tell me I look like a comic book character because you're going to, I bet you we do this interview again and I'll have, if not this beanie, another version of this beanie that I own. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or like Volt Red, like just like very deep, deep, deep red because Ooh. every sports team that I loved growing up was like red. So I just automatically, same with like the Limp Bizkit thing, I always wore a red hat. Like it was just like my thing growing up. So yeah, yellow and red. That's as you can see. I think my nails are still yellow a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit of red. Yeah, not much left on those ones, but yeah, you know, yellow and red. Those are my two favorite colors for sure. All right, Taste. all right, good, good uh, questions. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, as Corey said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, so Sigil Worm Tongue out now everywhere you stream, uh, Spotify, all that. We have the lyric video coming this week. Uh, that'll be coming out everywhere. Spotify, you know, everywhere you watch a lyric video. Um, I have another band called Imperial Tide. 
Imperial Tide just dropped a brand new single called Off the Leash. Uh, Imperial Tide is like my punk rock band. So that's like a little bit different mode for what I do with Sigil. Um, and I just been loving it, dropping music. Hell yeah. Follow the band. Follow me at Landon Hill. We're, uh, we're dropping music every, every week of the year. It's oh, coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Landon from Sigil and we're the Good Noise Podcast.